0: You're listening to Pod Productions, a mashup of fiction, nonfiction, ideas, and commentary, created and narrated by your author host, Victor Aquista. Today's episode Damnificados. absolutely delighted to share with you an excerpt from damnificados it's a wonderful tale following the struggles of a group of misfits and outcasts who occupy an abandoned tower while it is in the genre of magical realism it is loosely based on true events the book has won multiple awards and justifiably so because it's quite masterful i found it to be thoroughly enjoyable if that's not enough to pick your interest the author my friend J.J. J. Amawaru Wilson is quite a remarkable fellow. He's lived in nine countries and visited over 60. He is the author of fiction, nonfiction, textbooks, short stories, plays, and poetry, with a resume that has a long list of accomplishments. I met J.J. J. when I lived in Silver City, New Mexico, just down the street from Western New Mexico University, where he is the writer-in-residence. He both mentored me and encouraged me early in my writing career, and we have developed a close, personal friendship. A quick word about magical realism. It's a literary genre or style associated especially with Latin America that incorporates fantastic or mythical elements into otherwise realistic fiction. It's a style of fiction that paints a realistic view of the modern world while also adding magical elements. In this novel, the author uses magical realism, revolutionary politics, and romantic adventure to bring to life a colorful community of squatters in an imaginary Latin American city. Damnificados, published by PM Press, is loosely based on the real-life occupation of a half-completed skyscraper in Caracas, Venezuela, the Tower of David. In this fictional version, 600 damnificados, vagabonds and misfits, take over an abandoned urban tower and set up a community complete with schools, stores, beauty salons, bakeries, and a ragtag defensive militia. Their always heroic and often hilarious struggle for survival and dignity pits them against corrupt police, the brutal military, and the tyrannical owners. Taking place in an unnamed country at an unspecified time, the novel has elements of magical realism, including avenging wolves, Biblical floods, massacres involving multilingual ghosts, arrow showers falling to the tune of Beethoven's Ninth, and a trash truck acting as a Trojan horse. If this sounds fantastic and fantastical, that's because it is. Here's a brief excerpt from D'Omnificados by J.J. J. Amawaru Wilson. Some winter days the building would sway like a dancer, and when it did, the mayor, perched on a balcony sixty floors up, would cry, It's going to fall! And his wife would tell him to shut the hell up, because he was the mayor, and he was supposed to be a leader, but he was yellow as a streak of lemon, and he knew it, and his wife knew it, and his kids knew it, and when he died it was with the whimper of a wounded dog, and he soiled his pants in front of his enemies, which, by the way, was everyone including his wife. And it was these same damnificados, twenty years on, who crawl out of the darkness one balmy midnight, a raggedy army of beards and grime heading for the tower. They come from Aguasuja and Minhas and Felahin and Bordello. They come from Sanguinosa and Blutig and Amenei Morti, cardboard cities and shantytowns on the hills where the rain makes rivers of mud where houses slide away, and they drag fraying baskets and polyethylene bags, soot-stained blankets, coats of crinoline and fake fur. A woman in her fifties pushes a wheelbarrow which carries a three-legged dog, and from out of a nook comes a cripple named Nacho, heaving his wasted body on bandaged crutches, his quick eyes scanning the streets for trouble. Crunk! Trouble! A 400-pound Chinaman emerges foot-first from a hole in a wall, kicking down the bricks. Another damnificado. He looks both ways and slings a scarred wooden club over his shoulder. Some of the damnificados have wrapped their faces in cloths, like lepers, only eyes visible, and their steps are pattered as a panther's because many have no shoes to walk on, just rags binding their feet. And others move barefoot, hunched and furtive, two by two, shifting in the shadows for safety. Slowly and silently they converge on the tower block, and a cat spies them from its roof of corrugated iron and narrows its eyes and purrs its approval. There's nothing like a midnight rumpus to stir a cat. The distant music of sirens droops further and further into oblivion, and then there is no sound save the scampering of mice on stone. The silence is broken by the roar of a bus as it swings its rump around a corner. A great gouge of smoke bursts out its exhaust, and then the bus convulses to a stop, and two filthy, lanky teenagers exit, blonde, wiry, carbon copies of each other, each jumping the final step. Twim danificados, men of the scarecrow army, what is Der gross? Where is that big bastard? says the one. The tower of the Chinaman, says the other. There to him. Who's the Chinaman? You will know him when you see him. He's massive. He once killed an ox. Who hasn't killed an ox? He strangled it with his bare hands. Nacho, the cripple, turns a corner, sees the monolith and stops thinking this is just as it was foretold all those years ago in Zerbera. He feels the damnificados around him, hears their breathing, recognizes the smells, a musky anthology of old food, sweat, piss, trash, recognizes, because he has dreamed of this time and this place. He crabs across the street, out of the shadow, jaywalks with the wooden muletas under his arms, His lame leg dragging, knows he is the first and has to be the first. Passes a gateway with Torre de Torres was inscribed on a plaque until the graffiti artists chiseled it down to Rey de Reyes, King of Kings. And once Nacho has passed the sign, the others follow. First the Chinaman, then the twins. That's him! He's a bear! He's an elephant! He's a Chinaman. He's a bear. Then the woman with the dog in the wheelbarrow. The wheel squeaks. She curses the world for her bad luck. Broken wheelbarrow. Broken dog. It lies asleep, lulled by the journey from Sanguinosa, its long pale head tipped over the side. The damnificados cross over. They stand ready. They gaze up at the towering monolith, Babel in black. STREAKED CONCRETE, HOME FROM HOME, THEY SURROUND IT, MILLING, THEY WAIT, THEY GLANCE AT ONE ANOTHER. SOMEWHERE, A CLOCK CHIMES TWELVE. NOW WHAT? WE WAIT FOR NACHO, HE'LL GIVE THE WORD. NACHO APPROACHES. THE DOORWAY IS BOARDED UP, A CRISS-CROSS OF WOOD, HAMMERED IN WITH NAILS. HE MOTIONS TO THE Chinaman. SAYS SOMETHING LOW. The Chinaman walks to the door and clasps his club in two hands. He swings once and a board explodes with a crack like a gunshot. Nails jump. With a final kick it caves in. A small cheer goes up. A woman's voice. Now it's ours! Nacho is overtaken by his army of damnificados. They approach the door and then they hear it. They stop. At first it's a whine... But then it drops an octave, and then another, until it's a low growl. No one moves. The growl comes again. In the doorway, in the darkness, a shape shifts. It's a dog! It's wild! They make out movements in the gloom. The creature begins to pace the dusty atrium behind the door, growls low again, moves forward. Then a shaft of moonlight breaks open the darkness, zeroing in on the splintered boards as the animal comes closer, bares its fangs. The damnificados stare. Something's wrong, a breach of nature. The beast has two heads. <laughs> my five-star review colorful characters and brilliant writing on full display in an imaginative tale that is thought-provoking and entertaining delighted by feeling the humanity of these damnificados cast aside and forgotten as persons yet full of heart and soul the author is very skilled at conveying visceral and sensory imagery captivating readers with fantastic sights and sounds fully immersing them in the action an excellent read. But don't just listen to me. Here's another five-star review on Amazon. Such interesting characters. I haven't read anything quite so compelling in a long time. The heart-wrenching poverty where hope rises again and again is so vivid, but the author never seems to be asking for your pity, just painting a picture of possibilities for the poorest of the poor to rise. Here's what the Wall Street Journal said in their review. Mr. Wilson, whose influences run from sci-fi to Steinbeck, tells his underdog story with lusty energy, filling it with all manner of portents and miracles. What else can I say beyond it's a well-written and entertaining novel filled with memorable characters contending with social injustice? Check it out. I'm including links in the show notes to J.J. Amarau Wilson's website and order page on Amazon for this work of spectacular fiction. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll continue to mix it up by featuring my own work along with short stories and book excerpts from some of my favorite author colleagues. Please tell your friends about this podcast series. If you like what you hear, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular download platforms. Just search for my name, Victor Aquista, or the show Podfabula Productions. All shows are posted on my website. And check out Podfabula Productions on Facebook, where shows are archived for discussion and commentary. Drop by and share your thoughts about today's show. All these particulars are posted in the show notes. Until next time...